It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resorts. And Casino, very busy Wednesday program lined up for you today. We'll get into the College Football Committee uh, show from last night, coming up in a few minutes. Uh, minutes. Julian Edlow on the NBA card tonight. It's another big card in that sport in about 30 minutes. Sal Palantonio on the program today, talking NFL and Pat Forty a little bit later on on college football. Well, thankfully, we only have to do this a couple of more times with the uh, committee show. And... You know, we do get heated over this, Pauly. We have for, I don't know, 10 years now, every single year they've done this. And if you want to go back over the BCS nonsense for a long time before that, everybody who claims that it's going to play out, they don't get worked up about it. It's it's still a lot of fun, I mean, to track it and to see what people are saying who are on the committee and on the show from last night on ESPN. Georgia jumped Ohio State number one now in the new committee rankings. Buckeyes dropped to number two, followed by Michigan. Florida State remains at number four somehow, some way. I don't get it. More on that coming up in a second. Washington 5, Oregon 6, and Texas stays ahead of Alabama another week, which, as I explained yesterday, they are going to piss off half of the country if somehow, after the SEC title game, Alabama beats Georgia and Texas wins to go 12-1, and and that next day on Sunday, they flip-flop those two teams and put Alabama ahead of Texas. Why, why wait? What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Just do it already. That would be, as Stuart Mandel tweeted, Alabama passing Texas on the last night of the season, despite losing them to losing to them by 10 at home, would be the stupidest possible way to end the 14 playoff era. So watch it happen. Yeah, it will. Yeah, right. You're exactly right. You said it yesterday as well. So I'm getting a little worried here. Uh, number one, as they tried to call this and continue to call this a playoff, which is an invitational, and it's you know all these old people who are over 50 uh, in their 60s, they, they can do and will do whatever they want with no rationale and just use crazy stuff like eye test. You are exactly right about at this point in the season, how in the world is Florida State ahead of Washington? And I go back to what they said, and this is where they're in a tough position 
but the words, and you can keep receipts on this because we have to do this nonsense every week. A week ago, they said 4-5 Florida State-Washington was razor thin. So then Washington goes out and beats a top-20 team, and Florida State struggles with Miami, and Washington still doesn't jump them. And the win against Arizona continues to look better every week. Sure. I mean, it's just laughable that they, well, you know, the defense, whatever. But it's when you look at the resume, Florida State has one good win, which is three-loss LSU. Sure. Who can't stop anybody. Right. While Washington has beat number six, Oregon. Uh, Utah in the 20s. Number 17, Arizona and USC, which, yeah. again, USC and LSU are the same team. And so to tie it all together, right, if they're going to have Georgia – leap Ohio State because of their latest win, which was against Ole Miss, and say, look at that, huh? very good win. Resume, resume, resume now. And that's the reason why Ohio State was number one for the first two weeks. Where's the credit for the win over Oregon? I just, again, that's the best win in the country by any team so far anywhere. And yet they're sitting at number five. And then for the committee chairman to actually say live on national TV, quote, Don't undersell the Miami-Florida State rivalry. That's been going on for years. Miami hit a big play for that touchdown in the second half. End of quote. To justify Florida State being at number four and ahead of Washington. I've heard it all now. And Paul, you said it correctly. We keep receipts. What they the razor-thin comment last week is a key. Miami is an average to a below-average team this year. Rivalry has mattered over the years. It's a good... What? What are you... Are you serious? That's bad. You can't be serious with this crap. Yep. No, I'm getting worried. Very concerned. Concerned for the Pac-12 and concerned that they have no idea what they're doing. And for further proof, no hyperbole. Iowa at 16 is the most egregious thing I've seen. I mean, this is unbelievable. This, you got to be kidding. They, they, they don't have a top 25 win. They have the worst offense in the history of college football. Their best win is what, Rutgers? And they fired their offensive coordinator. And Iowa's 16? They moved up six spots. Yeah. Because they beat Rutgers? What are we doing? You went, uh, North Carolina, 20. That's another one. How about Liberty? Can we get Liberty on the list here? You know, Liberty's undefeated. They can't crack this, this, this stupid ranking system either. I mean, this is just, you know, it's also a bizarre year where we still have seven undefeateds left with only two weeks in the regular season, five of them from power conferences. But, you know, you nailed it again. I mean, you're talking about to justify Florida State four with Miami while it's a rivalry game. My God, you're at home. You, should, you look at the points, but you're supposed to blow them out. Yeah. So here's another thing that scares the daylights out of me. Ole Miss only dropped to 13. But look who uh, squeaked into the top 10. Missouri which played Georgia tough. Yeah, good call. I am uh, getting deathly afraid that if Alabama beats Georgia in a close SEC game, they could consider two SEC teams. That scares me to death today. Because no way, this year particular, in particular, there's no way any of these SEC, you, you can't do this to us. You can't do it. There's I, no way you can leaving out who shoehorn though? both those teams into the playoff. No, no. I, don't, I, I would be disgusted. Well, you would be leaving out a one-loss... Pac-12 champ right. from the best conference, and you'd be leaving out not, not, not undefeated Florida State. I can't imagine they would do that. Uh, people would riot. And then, actually, you, and then one loss, one loss Texas, too. Again, people would riot because huh? Texas beat Alabama. But if they would do that, then it's just, they oh, actually man, what a they, way to go out. They briefly mentioned that last night on the show, by the way. They said, watch out. What could that mean? They didn't really say Florida State. They kind of said it without saying it. 
but they said, watch out if you're Florida State for a one-loss team to pass you. I heard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of what they hinted at. Yeah, unbelievable, right? And then I go on ESPN.com, and they said six crazy scenarios. The first thing listed is two SEC teams. It is? Right, yeah. Well, it's Heather Dinich, of course. So that's that's how she operates. I mean, it's just, you know. How about, how about the other scenario? How come no one talks about what if Ohio State goes to Michigan and loses by three? Sure. Why isn't that in play? What if they lose I mean, 21-20? Yeah, yeah, the whole Whatever the, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. But they won't, be, they won't have a chance to play in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. So it's already set in the SEC. Uh, Bama's a four-point dog in that game. Mm-hmm. Watch him win that game 28-27. It's close the entire way. Last second field goal, boom. And all of a sudden, we have a dilemma on our hands. It's this kind of thing that makes me kind of not even want to watch the sport. Like beyond like uh, the regular season, once we get to the bowl games and the I just nah, other things are going on. I don't care. You you you're wasting my time for an entire season. Well, how it was set up again? There's five power conferences in four spots. Yeah. So you would think you just take the easy way out and put your conference champions in and call it a day. Now that we can go to twelve uh, next year, uh, the numbers are out too. Oregon is eleven and a half at DraftKings against uh, Oregon State. Michigan oh, man, too high. That's a big number. Yeah. But. Rivalry game. Michigan is six and a half <laughs> against Ohio State. Bama's eleven and a half against Auburn. Florida State's ten and a half against Florida, and Georgia, it's up several places, three and a half, four, and the SEC title game against Alabama, which is already set. Anything stick out to you there? Uh, I don't know what to do with the Mich- Michigan game. I was going to say, would you I gotta see what Buckeyes? happens with Harbaugh? I want to take Ohio State if Harbaugh's not coaching again, based on what they were doing. They they played scared. A little bit against Penn State. Yeah. Uh, also, I know they they knew Penn State couldn't move the ball on them and didn't respect their offense at all. But thirty two straight runs, that was that was, I was shocked by that. Yeah, I just I, I'm going back and forth watching McCord play a lot this year. Like, what is he going to look like against yeah. uh, Michigan's yep. defense? Probably, I understand. You know, I would I, yep. the, the six. I, I don't think I would lay it with Michigan. I would much rather take it with the Buckeyes. But can I get there with that guy at quarterback? Yeah, maybe. I mean, because Ohio State's got a really good football team around him. It's just he's. Probably the weakest link. Yeah. One more thing on this, too, and you're exactly right, but again, it just proves that they can do whatever they want with no rhyme or reason or rationale. Five Pac-12 teams are ranked three ACC teams. Washington, number two in strength of record. And still, they justify Florida State ahead of Washington. Well, at the end of the show last night, they put up ESPN ran all the numbers, like that number, strength of record, strength of schedule, best wins. They put them side by side every single like the tail of the tape, Nick Bakai, every single one went to Washington. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. kind of a big deal. I don't understand how all those guys can get up there and think the Big 12's good either. Oh, my God. That's I just, another I'm blown one. away by it. it Oklahoma just, State has two horrendous losses right. now. Boat raced at home by South Alabama and destroyed last week at Central Florida. Those are two brutal losses. That game was over yeah. within the first quarter. Yeah. And, you know, Kansas, Kansas State, okay, do what you want with that. But that's just, uh, you know, Oklahoma's been, you know, Houdini act in several of these yeah, games. They, might, they so. might lose again. I know. And which would go under their win total, too. So that I, I, I can't believe they just they continue to have the Big 12 in, in high regard as well. And how they just, look at the, the whole thing. I mean, there's no consistency whatsoever again. Ohio State was number one the first two weeks because we heard they had the best resume. Then Georgia overtakes them because they have another win over a top 13 team. Well, if you're going to give those two teams credit, why is Michigan number three? Yes. And why is Washington behind Florida State? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense ever. No, no, no. I, it is baffling. You're right. You, you're just setting yourself up for uh, championship Saturday too. You're right. Because if, if they're going to wait until that day 
to then put Alabama over Texas. It's like, come on. What? Well, yeah. I can't. That, that will happen. We Under that scenario, will happen, and yeah. people are going to lose their minds. Sure. They went, say what you want, different team, whatever. They went to Tuscaloosa and beat them by double digits and hung 34 on them. Yeah. So that game was sandwiched in between the two college basketball games last night. Well, what would you think? I felt I'm, I'm, I bought it hook, line, and sinker with Kentucky. Oh, no. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. Your boy. I bought 16-1 to 1 to win the national title. I'm in. You're all in? I'm all in. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I was blown away by And they lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> I could. That's my, my very gut. Okay. Living in the moment here, this has a chance to be a top three Calipari team at Kentucky. And they did that without their top three big men last night. Okay, so they're losing the Elite Eight then. Probably. To the, that's probably right. He'll get outcoached by somebody. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I'll be pissed off and livid, and I'll yeah, tell myself sure. never again. And sure. I'll, yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, up next, win some, lose some. We'll recap last night's betting action. 10, you can't make these numbers high enough for some of these teams. 10 and 1 to the over now on the season. Paul, he will tell you the details coming up next here on VEASAN. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out future events as well. Betting splits are the way vcin's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check it out every game, vcin.com. As we discussed last segment, we'll hit the NBA card here with Julian Edlow from DraftKings. His... Uh, podcast is called Unreasonable Odds. He's also an analyst on The Sweat, which is on the DraftKings Network. Julian, good morning. How are you today? Doing all right. How about you guys? Uh, Doing pretty well. I'm intrigued by tonight's card. It's almost a little unfair with some of these teams, how they're playing like in their third game in uh, in the fourth night tonight. And we talked about that Celtics 76ers game. It opened up two and a half late last night in favor of Boston at DraftKings. It has moved to three and a half. How do you want to approach this game today, Julian? And I'm staring at it on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, and it just tipped to four, guys. Um, so I, I feel like I'm left out of the loop here because, like I told you uh, before we went on air, if, if Chris Dapps Porzingis was not questionable, this would be one where I would have hit the Celtics pretty hard on the opener. Spot-wise, I heard you guys cover it very well on the last segment. The Sixers just played last night in one of these in-season tournament games. Now, I don't know how coming off of these tournament games and playing the next night necessarily makes it much different than a normal back-to-back, but a high-scoring game against the Pacers, up and down. Now you got to play this Celtics team that just played on Monday night, and they've been kind of tearing through people. And then they were just in Philly last week on Wednesday when we did this segment, and I said the reason I'm staying away from the Celtics in that game is because this should be a huge game for the Sixers. And the Celtics battled, but that was a big game for the Sixers. They they eventually pulled out the home win. This is a great spot for the Celtics to come back and beat a tired Sixers team. The issue is, are, uh, did we miss the best of the number? Because if Porzingis is ruled in, this is only going up from four. And if he's ruled out, the Celtics are so thin up front, I don't know if I can do it. It's just Al Horford. Uh, and then you got guys like, Luke Cornett, they're very thin in the front court. Uh, Sam Hauser, a guy that we can talk about props-wise, he would be thrusted in to play a pretty big role. They just don't have the size to play a pretty big Philly team if Porzingis is out. But if that's not the case, this is a fantastic spot for the Celtics. Yes, totally agree. And what do you want to do? Because we saw he, uh, he went off a couple games ago. What do you want to do with Hauser props? <laughs> so Hauser is a guy that I don't think many people are looking at, but his props have been on fire. Uh, I played him on Wednesday, sorry, on Monday. It was even money for over six and a half points, and it was plus 275 for 10 plus points on the alternate. He had a slow start to the season uh, shooting the ball, but he's been fantastic in November. He's played seven games in November. He's gone for 11 plus points in six of those seven games. So you're getting, I'm sure the prop will move. We don't have it on the board at DraftKings Sportsbook because of the Porzingis status. So we got to wait to see what it will come back at. But as of Monday, it was even money to the over six and a half and plus 275 for, for 10 plus. 
and he's essentially cast that in six of seven games this month. He just gets such clean looks from downtown with Tatum, Brown, Holiday, White, Porzingis, all the guys that they can put on the floor around him, and he's a fantastic shooter. So uh, as long as that prop does not get uh, you know, mashed all the way to double digits, he is uh, always worth a look on that point prop. Okay, and we mentioned this too. Before you came on, you want to touch on it? This sick run that Halliburton's on. Huge win for the Pacers. 10-1 and one of the over on the year. His last two games, he has 58-32 and 32 with zero turnovers. Historic what this kid has done. Yeah, he's, he's playing really well. Uh, obviously, the Pacers overs, you guys touched on that. That's a wagon right now. They are scoring uh, the most points per game in the NBA at 126. Uh, and they're scoring more at home, 129.3 at home versus 121.8 on the road. Um, and they're giving up the second most points in the NBA. But that, that pace that they're playing at, Halliburton's assist prop has been going bonkers. Uh, the only game that he does not have a double-double this season is when he had eight assists in 27 minutes of a 41-point victory over the Spurs. Mm. So obviously benched for blowout purposes there. He's gone for double-digit assists in every other game, uh, 17 and 15 in the two games against the Sixers. So his assist prop opened 10.5 uh, last night, got bet up to 11.5, did not matter. He easily cleared it. So, you know, like you're getting some good plus money on like a Hauser 10-plus points, Halliburton's one of those guys you want to look at the 12-plus, 14-plus, 15-plus assist alternates and potentially get yourself some good plus money there. All of the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Julian Edlow, our guest, his podcast with DraftKings is called Unreasonable Odds. Uh, several spots, again, difficult for some of these teams. So let's think about this for a second, Julian. Um, clearly, the T Wolves and Warriors don't like each other. Uh, last night, McDaniels, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson ejected in the first minute of the game. But the T Wolves took both those games on the road against Golden State. And here you go now playing a Phoenix team that's had a few days off. They have to go on the road again tonight and play. They're well-rested. And uh, the Suns are laying five and a half. The thought to me here early this morning is, well, the T-Wolves will probably sit a guy or two tonight. Uh, We'll see how it plays out. But what do you think about this number where it currently sits? Yeah, well, first of all, like, I almost spit my drink out on the couch watching that game last night. Draymond Green had Rudy Gobert in a headlock from behind before anybody scored a point. Like, I've never seen, and obviously you could tell that they played the previous game because something boiled over. It's impossible to get that angry in 90 seconds without anyone scoring a basket (laughs) to chase someone down from behind and have him in a headlock. I could not believe that. Um, So I I did have the the Wolves minus two and a half, which just got there by the hook. You know, credit to that Warriors roster. For staying in there, um, that was that was pretty remarkable. But to focus on the Wolves, yeah, they they kind of grinded through that game, got the win they needed to get. Now they're on the back to back. They just got two wins in Golden State last night. Was if you put any weight the the in season tournament game. So tonight, I don't know if it matters quite as much. So yeah, Minnesota is definitely a candidate for some rest in this game. And the Suns, this is a huge game for them. They're at home. And they're going to put their big three on on the floor. It looks like fully, uh, or I don't know if they're all fully healthy, but at least healthy enough to play. So this is kind of a statement game for them. So this is a great spot. We don't know if, you know, maybe Minnesota does play everyone, but this is a spot that should be uh, where the Suns are looking to make a statement. And it should come against the team that was just, 
you know, put through a lot mentally in those two games in Golden State. How about Milwaukee and Toronto? Uh, Milwaukee went to Toronto at the start of the month, got hammered and allowed 130 points. They continue to have issues defensively. Lillard is having problems finding his shot. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out when and if we can start trusting the, the Bucks more. Um, their transition has not been as seamless as I thought it would be. We all kind of immediately said Lillard and Giannis, what a great duo that should be. Um, and, you know, Lillard's been, Lillard's been struggling some. So this is a pretty good, you know, just like the Celtics going, going back to Philly and, and trying to, to bounce back from that loss there last week. This is a pretty good spot for the Bucks. It would be Bucks or pass for me, and maybe we're eventually going to start getting short numbers. Like this looks like a short number based on the Bucks' struggles, and they they find their groove and start going on a tear of covering some of these games and winning with some pretty good margin. Julian, a couple minutes left here. College basketball. Some of the games that you're looking at tomorrow on the slate. What are your early thoughts on uh, Villanova as they take on Maryland? Yeah, that one's actually even looking ahead to Friday night. Uh, this is one Friday, that before yep. the week started. Yeah, before the week started, I, I was pretty excited to bet Villanova at home against Maryland. Maryland has lost to Davidson and UAB already. Now, I had this circled before Villanova lost to Penn. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not see that one coming. But if anything, maybe that gets Villanova a little angry for this game at home on Friday night. I'm just really high on Villanova this year. They weren't very good last year, but it was a tough spot with the coaching change. Justin Moore with the Achilles out to begin the year. Um, so uh, they brought in some really good transfers, brought plenty of good, good upperclassmen talent back. Point guard is the only issue for them, but I think they can figure it out with the amount of talent they have. Uh, this one, I don't know, maybe it's going to be Villanova minus four, four and a half, something like that on Friday night. Uh, this is one that I have had circled since before the pen loss, and I'm going to stick stick with it with the Wildcats and uh, look to make a play on them on Friday night. All right, about 20 seconds here. Also, San Diego State and St. Mary's, very good uh, non-conference game here to begin the season. Yeah, just kind of a similar situation. San Diego State coming off the national championship appearance. They lost at BYU. I'm not quite that high on them. St. Mary's is coming off a terrible home loss. I think they're going to look pretty good on Friday night. This would be St. Mary's or nothing for me. Very good. You can follow Julian on X. He's at Julian Edlow. Get his podcast as well for DraftKings. It's called Unreasonable Odds. Julian, best of luck tonight. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks. Same to you guys. Yep. Stay warm. Uh, good reactions there, by the way, and observations, including the Sam Hauser props yes. with the Boston Celtics. That old stuff is great, too. That's what he was talking yeah. about with Halliburton. Yeah. The best and worst NFL and college teams ATS with totals up next. Make note of the teams at the bottom of the NFL because we have plenty. It's a long list. We'll share the teams and the numbers with you coming up next. Always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome aboard. It is Follow the Money. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. In this hour, movement in week 11 point spreads. We have look ahead numbers to Turkey Day. Yes. And week 12, which we'll get to coming up as well. And here we go. Wednesdays with Vito's son, Sal Palantonio from ESPN, joins the program. Good morning, sir. How are you today? 
Mitch and Paulie, it's always great to be on your program on Wednesday mornings. Tell me what's going on. What do you got for me today? Oh, we have plenty. We have uh, we are loaded, obviously. And this look, I mean, this is hot and heavy here now with the Buffalo Bills. You're covering Jets Bills this week. And the news yesterday, after yet another bad look for Buffalo, Monday night, losing as big favorites to Denver. Did they fire the wrong guy yesterday? Ken Dorsey gets whacked as the OC. Well, no, I think, you know, they had to make a change and shake things up and get Josh Allen thinking about uh, the, the results, you know, the residual effect of what he is doing. And, you know, you can just look at it on film. He's not seeing the field. He's throwing it to defenders. You know, coaches talk about one thing during practice, reps, right? Reps for the quarterback stands for reliable, efficient, productive. And if you're not reliable, efficient, and productive, this goes all the way back to the Lombardi days. You have to be all three of those things to be an effective quarterback in the National Football League. Are you reliable with the football? Well, Josh Allen is definitely not reliable with the football. Are you efficient with the football? No, you're not. You're throwing the ball to the other team, which reduces your point production, which goes down to number three, production. Are you producing the you, – listen, you have one of the best wide receivers in the game. You have one of the best arms in the game. You should be reliable, efficient, and productive. And I think what you'll see from Joe Brady, who's a very good offensive mind, is you will see – a guy who does more play action, turns his head around, puts his foot in the ground, and there'll be defined reads for Josh Allen so that he knows exactly where he's going with the football. There'll be guys that'll be schemed open, whether it's the tight end Schultz or whether it's Diggs, and you'll see a much more reliable, efficient, productive quarterback. Okay, and do the Bills win then and get this back on track? against the Jets team that just had the players-only meeting and two offensive touchdowns in their last 50 possessions? The Jets are not scoring. No. You can't win if you don't score the football. The football, you know, if you watch the NFL matchup show, as I know you guys do, I've been on there for 22 years now. We have Darius Butler in his second year, and he came up with this great little thing. The football is the program. The football is the program. Is the quarterback taking care of the football? Is the quarterback putting the football in the end zone for a touchdown? That's the name of the game. And the Jets are just not doing that. So it doesn't matter how good the defense is playing. And the defense, when you watch them on film, the Jets defense is constantly penetrating the line of scrimmage. And they will give that Bills offense quite a bit of a problem. But what we saw last week, Mitch and Pauly, was three teams. Three home teams favored by a touchdown or more lose. And these weren't scrubby teams. These were teams that were expected and are expected to go to the playoffs. We're talking Ravens. Hmm. We're talking Bills. And, and we're talking Bengals. Three home teams that were seven-point favorites or greater lose. The, the league has never been more volatile. You have six walk-off field goal wins in Week 10. Maybe that should happen in week 18 where, you know, things are getting hot and heavy and dicey for the playoffs, but not in week 10. Excellent point. Excellent segue as well. So as we talked about uh, this week, uh, if you would have said in July and August, 
we would we would be discussing the Bengals and Bills missing the playoffs. Said, would well, you you've been nuts? So, what's your level of concern here with Cincinnati and the huge game tomorrow? But your level of concern with Cincinnati and the Bills? Yeah, I'm, my level of concern with the Bills is very high. They have an extremely tough schedule. I do believe you may want to check this that their strength of schedule is the toughest going forward in the National Football League down the stretch. I think it's number one. The Bengals and the Ravens are right there. I think they're two and three. So you're talking Bengals, Bills, Ravens, strength of schedule. What have I always told you guys on this program, Wednesdays with Vito Sun? Look at the strength of schedule. Yep. Look at the quarterback play. And if the quarterback is turning the ball over, you can't win in the National Football League. And I gave you this stat this morning at Dark 30. I was up. Thinking about my appearance on V-SIN, uh-huh. I sent it to your producer. You know, you got the stat, but I'm going to read it for all of your listeners right now. Lamar Jackson has turned the ball over 12 times in the last three years in one score games in the fourth quarter or overtime. That's three more than any other player in the NFL during that span. The, I go back to reliability, efficiency, production. That's not reliable when the game is on the line. So they have to fix that. And when you have a first-year coordinator like Todd Munkin, I don't have much confidence in that with the Ravens right mm. now. Well, then, okay, so then hold on a second here, Vito Son. Are you saying if the Ravens lose tomorrow night that you're going to be concerned about Baltimore as a potential playoff team as well? Oh, sure. Absolutely. No question. They have a very tough schedule going down the stretch. You know, this... Hey, this is Thunderdome tomorrow night at M&T Bank Stadium. <laughs> Listen, yep. it's tough. It yep. is. No, come on. It is. Yep. I'm not overstating it. Yeah. You know, first of all, it's tough to win on the road on Thursday night after a loss. Sure. We all know the numbers. It's very tough to do. You know, you're banged up. You're, you're road weary. You get to practice once. You got to get your body right. You got to get on the road. You got to play a divisional rival that also lost. Tough for the Bengals to go in there and win that game. But listen, they can do it because I think their quarterback in the end is playing better than the Ravens quarterback. Mm. Let's follow the money here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Sal Palantonio, ESPN. So you've been around this Eagles team for a long, long time. Obviously, it's the rematch of the Super Bowl last year. Eagles, eh, they gave that game away to the Chiefs. Should have been Super Bowl champs. They're not. I'm guessing, what, the team here... The players, they probably won't talk about this, but they circled this game as soon as the schedule came out, you think? Well, they circled the one against the Cowboys. I think that was more important. So I, I don't want to overstate the importance of this game. It is a Super Bowl rematch. It is on Monday Night Football. It is on my network. So, you know, obviously we're pumping that up like crazy. We want people to watch, and people will watch. This will be a highly rated game, no question about it. you got big stars. Will Taylor Swift be there? I mean, come on, you got it all. <laughs> but you know, go back to <laughs> go back to that Super Bowl loss, right? That was Nick Sirianni moving into Dan Quinn's neighborhood. That's not a good neighborhood. Prior to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, there was only one other team that gave up a double-digit lead at halftime in the Super Bowl, and that was the Falcons against the Patriots. And the Eagles did it in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. They had a double-digit halftime lead against the Chiefs and coughed it up. So you have to examine what did the Eagles do wrong against Andy Reid's offense and Patrick Mahomes. Number one, if you watch the game closely and study it, Reid went to two tight end sets against the Eagles offense that only rushes four and maybe five sometimes and ran the football out of two tight end sets. 
and then off of that, used play action, and then didn't spy Patrick Mahomes and allowed him to run free for important first down. So those are the three elements that I'm going to be looking for from Andy Reid's offense. And can the Eagles avoid the same mistakes that they made in the second half of Super Bowl 57 and beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football? I think it's a tall order, guys. I really do. Yep. Chiefs, I'm concerned about the Chiefs offense, and I can't believe I'm saying that, though. They struggled in Miami against the Miami game against uh, in Germany against Miami. They struggled twice against Denver. Um, that, that's cause for concern and getting the receivers on the same page with Mahomes. Do you think the field factored in? Because Philly players kept talking about that after the the loss in the Super Bowl. I think it factored in. I think uh, everybody would be lying if they said it didn't. The Eagles seem to be slipping, and the Chiefs seem to be gripping. Yeah. Uh, on that field. Um, so that needs further examination way down the road. After I'm retired on my boat in the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> I'll write that book. You guys will have the first crack at the chapter, okay? Thank you. Let us know. I'll set the uh, calendar alerts uh, as soon as you find out about that, what the date could be. Oh, you know, there's also one other thing here, Sal, and everybody knows about this, right? But you can't ignore Andy Reid off the bye in his career. The guy's the best pretty no. much of all time. Yep. The best of all time. The best to do. I, well, that's why I think it's a tough one. You're coming off an emotional win against the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah you got Andy Reid off the bye. You're on the road on Monday night football. You got that bugaboo of what happened in Super Bowl 57 in the back of your mind. You're going to have to play very clean football. It goes back to reps. Remember, Wednesday with Sal and Uncle with Vito's son, remember this. Reps stand for reliable, efficient, productive quarterbacks. You gotta have that in the second half of the NFL season. And that's what separates the haves from the have nots. Your information is so good. We love talking to you. I, I I can't wait to hear the menu at your house for uh Thanksgiving coming up next week. But let me let me throw one back at you. <laughs> the Bengals are one and twenty three straight up on the road in night games the last twenty five years. What do you think of that? That's a good one. Yep. That's a good one. But hey, listen, I'll give you the menu and I'll invite you out to the Palantonio Hacienda if, if, yeah. in Super Bowl time, I come out to Vegas, we're going to break bread out there on the strip together. Thousand percent on us, no yep. question. And I know based on your name, I know how you operate. So we are going to go lasagna, <laughs> little ziti, little garlic knots, little everything. We'll have you covered. All right, beautiful. Thank you, gentlemen. You're Thank the you. best, Sal. There you go. Sal Palantonio, ESPN. Love talking to him on Wednesdays. Yep. Concern that, that. How about that level of concern with Baltimore? He's right. It's the Thunderdome. It's a huge game tomorrow. I can't believe the Bengals stat. Cannot believe he that. He calls it Thunderdome and he goes, I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it really is Thunderdome. Oh, man. Okay. He's so, right, though. L- Lamar's got to stop this. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's two, three years now. Lamar and Josh Allen. Yep. We'll get to week 11 line moves coming up next. And, uh, more survivor reaction and what it feels like to go out this time of year next.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records and ROI. Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, hippo, and bear videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Your first month, only $19. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. The best holiday Every single year. No doubt. We're a week away. The order's been placed. I pick everything up Wednesday. I got Shauna making mac and cheese and crab stuffing. Still trying to gather some information on what Barry's is going to do with the takeout menu. Let's go, Mitch. I got to challenge you on the mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. Yeah, got to do it. Oh, big. Why? Big. Why on Thanksgiving? Why not? Well, I because love mac it, and it's cheese. So, it's it's also, so filling. There's so many carbs already to that. And if you, I mean, it just, it really like bogs you down for a so. while. Yeah, might, yeah, for me anyway. Interesting. You might yeah. have something there. I love it. Because I'm, I'm not, anything healthy, get it up. Beans, uh, uh, yams, get the hell out of here. 
we'll make room for the mac and cheese. You know, give me the biscuits. You don't give me like the stuffing. Give uh, me the gravy. I, I know we've the, had this conversation before. No sweet potatoes. Can't stand them. Oh my god. No. It's like a delicious dessert. Not up really? in here. Really? Not up in here. I don't think you've ever had good sweet no. potatoes then. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, there's no way you have. I don't like pumpkin pie either. Get it out of uh, here. Pumpkin pie is one of those no. things that has to be made correctly. I mean, no. you, there are a lot of bad pumpkin pies out there for sure. We're getting our request to have uh, Lorraine come in next week. Oh, sure. Love and, it. And give out tips. All right. She made. Set that up. Set up Starkus. She screwed around yesterday at the house and made las- triple double. lasagna in a skillet and topped it off with like pesto on top. Immaculate. I would put my wife's lasagna. Really? Now, it's unfair because she was a chef for a long, long time. I put her lasagna against anybody. Anybody. Really? Sal Palantonio, bring it on. My mom was strong. I think my wife would blow Sal Palantonio away with what she makes. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Phenomenal. I can't put it this way. I can't wait to get home today to eat leftover lasagna for breakfast. Good for you. Delicious. Yep. Again, hard to find. It's hard to get great lasagna. Managot. Zidi's easy. Uh, yeah. Some of this stuff. Uh, good luck finding really good manicotti. I can't remember the last time I ordered lasagna at a restaurant. I, I don't think it's even yep. an option for me. Yep. I, I won't do it. All right, so here you go with the Thanksgiving Day games. Now, you're telling me, I missed this one, Detroit and the look ahead, like last week. Last, last week, week at William Hill. They were six and a half. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, I missed that one. Yeah, yes, you did. They're, Everyone did. Snuck it in on us. <laughs> they're seven and a half now against Green Bay. I, is it still enough? I don't know. Seems shy. Can't believe it. Based on what we watched in the first meeting? Oh, well, based on how this team has Green Bay's number, I think going yep. back to last year. I just love also that Campbell has the balls of a burglar. And he's just fourth and one. Yeah, fourth and five. Yeah, sure. let's do it. And these guys just feed off that, and they know they're going to pick it up. And it seemed, and it works. And it, guess what? Go back to how they knocked them out of the playoffs in week 18. Same type of deal. Yep. Just playing with nothing to lose and so aggressive, and, and the team has his back. So full marks, good coach, dead wrong about this guy. And I kid, LaFleur, please. And you know they'll probably get off to a slow start. But again, we talk about Thunderdome. It'll be rocking. Oh, yeah. Because the Lions on Thanksgiving here with a chance to win this division, should win the division, you know, like minus 1,200 now. Maybe get the one seed. And just, yeah, absolutely that's in play. And just dominate the Packers. And it's rare. You know, it's usually the stink bomb the other direction. About, you know, I want these guys off. Sure. Like, I'm sick of watching this. They ruined my meal. But to watch Detroit finally take it out on someone and the roles are reversed, it'll be great. Now, the middle game, I think, is sneaky good. I think Washington and Howell are going to surprise Dallas. Oh, here. this is too many points. We, uh, absolutely. It's nuts. Nine and a half, ten. Outrageous. Yeah. Because this kid has had some fine moments here, especially the two games against uh, Philly and what he did against Denver as well. And we've seen Dallas. You know, have a little accident in the bed uh, from time to time on Thanksgiving. Not to mention what Jerry called throw-up ball when Carr and the Raiders beat him. I would be concerned in Survivor if, if I'm using Dallas here. I think Washington's going to give them a game. Mm. And I also think it'll be an aerial circus. No, I would tell you to shop around because at DraftKings, 49ers at Seahawks, it's listed here, what, 49ers 3.5, total 44. Westgate has the Niners 5.5. Yeah, I agree with their their line. So do I. Yes, I think their their short. number is much better I'm here. Totally, this will not go well for Geno Smith. No way. If the, if that's the number at DraftKings three and a half, you get you got to bet the 49ers at that number. Yep. Because 
you can obviously, you can find other numbers in try whatever, but this is, you're exactly right, Paul. This is a potential nightmare for Geno Smith in this game. It's going to be a bad all look the, for him on, all on the Thursday night. The interception prop. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. And this, I want to see how, how this does. Now I know it's Amazon, so it's all, but I want to see what, the, what kind of, uh, how this does numbers wise with a Black Friday. Great job going to be on every year, and I hope it goes well and people tune in. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate what happened with Rodgers, but still, Dolphins and Jets, and, and rightfully so, up to six, six and a half. And if you're alive. It was, it was four and a half last week, but then again, you're watching this Jets offense and now how well Miami has played defensively, yeah. If you're alive, you're going to have Miami in Survivor. Correct. Okay. Uh, the game's in, we move to Sunday. This one is fishy to me. Jacksonville's one at Houston. Yeah, uh, uh, blown out the first meeting. Uh, Houston has had their number. And Stroud in the MVP discussion. What a story. It's so fishy, it almost makes me want to bet Jacksonville. Because mm-hmm. I saw the number, I'm like, wait, what? what is... Huh? Well, Houston looks too easy Sunday. Arizona's been a mess on the yeah. road thus far. Right. Why is that so short? But sure. Then again, Houston's also looking at a, po- a possible letdown spot after what they've done the last couple of weeks. Indy is one at home to Tampa. Uh, pass. No, I, no, no clue. This is uh, probably I, the over, by the way. Oh, over. Both teams will score, right? 41 and a half? Both teams will score in that game. Hold on, hold on a second here. This is, uh, are the Patriots really five at the Giants? Yes, it is. What's the problem? It's Tommy DeVito. <laughs> what? It's Tommy DeVito. No, I know, but what? I, I'm not laying five with no. the Patriots against Bishop Gorman. Oh, come on. Mac Jones? They're bad, If but this, this is, is Mac Jones... Mitch, the guy I, had 40 yards passing in the fourth quarter. No, no, I understand, Paul. Now. He's awful. He's not much worse than Mac Jones right now. Who's to say it's Mac Jones? Well, then is that... That's but, an upgrade. I don't care if it's... Uh, even if, I don't I'll, I'll run gadget stuff with Cunningham. I'll beat you. No. I'll you, beat you with you, Cunningham. You can't make that comment. <laughs> yes, I can't. Cunning, Tommy DeVito. Cunningham might be worse than DeVito. Mom's making his bed. Come on. Oh, come on. That's not right. Come on. How do you know it's not possible? I can run gadget stuff with Cunningham. He can at least throw the ball down the field. You have no idea. Uh, you have no on. clue if he can play. Uh, it, it might I know be DeVito a, can't. And it's throwing, everything's well, behind the I'm line of scrimmage. I'm going to tell you, I'll okay. lean heavily that uh, Cunningham also okay. can't play. You won't You won't lay five in that game. No. Okay. Uh, give me a total. What's the total? Um, 30, Is it listed? 30, 35. <laughs> okay. 35. Uh, oh, man, what a mess. Yeah. Uh, Carolina at Tennessee Titans are four thirty-eight and a half. I, I don't know if I want to lay four with the Titans, but yeah. it's also like the Panthers are a huge disaster too. Um, here you go, Saints at Atlanta. Pick them forty and a half. Who wins the game? That's a punt. No idea. No clue with that one. Rams at Arizona. Huh? That's a game on the board next week. And is that the right number again? No, no. I think the Rams are two and a half. Yeah. Rams are two and a half in that game. And that's going to be, you're expecting Matthew Stafford back. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's two and a half at Denver. What do you think about that one? Mm, good game. That seems short. 42, a total too high? Yeah. I think they're going to give Russ problems in that one. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's three and a half at home to Buffalo. That's not, well, it's, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. I'm getting things jumbled up here. I'm sorry about that. Philadelphia's three and a half at yep. home to Buffalo. Total is 47. They're coming off the game against the Chiefs. Boy, that's a lot of respect for the Bills. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. That's too much respect. Ooh. 
Sunday night football, Baltimore's at the Chargers. Baltimore is three and a half, and the total is 44. Yep. I would take the Ravens in that one. I think so, too. Yep. And the Monday night game, Minnesota, again, shop around. They're either three and a half or four and a half at home to Chicago. Oh, that's low. That's exactly my thought. But I also think the Bears are making a big mistake putting fields in there. I also think that total is too high. Yeah. Bears defense last month. You're right. Yeah, you're right. No joke. Yeah. Play good right. football. Vikings defense, pretty similar. Yep. They've been much better here down the stretch. Yep. So I, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I think the lines are too short in that matchup. I think Dallas is too high. And uh, you know what? I don't care. They're, I'd lay it with San Francisco. I really would. I'm with you. Great card, though. And that's a fantastic Thanksgiving lineup. In the, with the Black Friday as well. This is something I never do. I might have three, all three games on Thanksgiving on my contest card next week. If those are going to be the numbers and nothing crazy happens this week, I try not to put like Thursday games on, but on Thanksgiving when I we can't have three of them, I mean... I can't kill you. Huh? You know, what's the Jet team total, you think, Friday? I mean, that, that's another one, too. I mean, that's... They can't... Sal's right. I mean, it's a joke. They can't score. How about Garrett Will, uh, Wilson? I can't take this anymore. Well, he's, been, he's been a league for a year and a half. Uh, tonight's NBA card is up next. Something to watch in the fourth quarter with this team because it has not gone well at all. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, no matter how the action unfolds. You know, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 in bonus bets just for betting $5 on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code FOLLOW. Code FOLLOW for your bonus at DraftKings. The crown is yours. We love talking to Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated, and the College Football Inquirer podcast, which is awesome. He joins us now to go over the committee rankings and talk everything college football. Uh, I know we spoke last week. We believe the Pac-12 is the best league. The lack of respect for Washington is stunning here. Uh, it is so alarming that after a week ago they said it's razor thin between Florida State and Washington, then Washington beats Utah, Florida State struggles with Miami, and Washington still stays five, that I'm concerned that a 12-1 Washington, if they were losing Corvallis and then beat Oregon in the rematch, would be left out here. What say you? Uh, I think it's a legitimate concern, Paulie. I, re- I really do. I just think that uh, the committee is 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 – they're putting their mouth where their money is, which says their money, their money's on everybody, but the PAC 12 best team right now. And so to have Florida state ahead of them still, I think, uh, I think that's a misfire. And I think it is a troubling sign of going down the stretch here. Uh, I mean, there are good teams in the PAC 12 and they keep beating them. Some games have been close, but as you pointed out, Florida state was life and death with a Miami team. That's been a disappointment. Florida State also beat a bad Boston College team by two. Mm-hmm. So I think the old bias against the Pac-12 is rearing its head a little bit here. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. Uh, is there a chance here, Pat, where they're setting this up? You saw now Missouri creep into the top 10. Ohio State, Michigan uh, sitting there at 2-3. Um, could could we get, get into a scenario here where they're going to actually consider maybe two SEC teams or two Big Ten teams, depending on how those games go and if they're close? 
about two SEC and two Big Ten teams. Oh. I, I don't I don't think it's out of the question. I would hate to see it, and I think there would be committee pushback if there's an undefeated team, then an undefeated champion of the uh, the the Pac-12 and or the ACC sitting there. But I would be concerned mm-hmm. if I were uh, somebody from those leagues because I do think there's a possibility of it. I mean, you know, Alabama, the problem, and, you know, they've got to figure out is, I mean, if Alabama beats Georgia, does that kind of nullify a 10-point home loss to Texas and put Texas behind them at last? Uh, on the other hand, yeah, if you're sitting there, if you are – if, 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 if Oregon ends up beating Washington in a great championship game after they played the great other game and they're both 12 and one, are you guys pushed back down behind the second best team in those leagues? I, I mean, there, there's a lot still to figure out, but, but I think there's at least a chance for two from both of those conferences. And then like everybody just rolls over and throws up because they, they've already seen so much, yeah. you know, no of uh, everything tilting in the direction well, of those conferences. Well, certainly. I mean, who's got a bigger brand than Texas? I'd be scared as well if I'm a Texas fan. Sure. Absolutely. And yeah, that's, you know, they put everything into this season and they got that, that win they needed at Alabama to put them in position, close loss for them in a really good game to a good team. But, I would be worried. I'd be looking over my shoulder every day at, at Alabama, which is playing well and is Alabama. So you've been covering college sports a long time. What, what did you think of the surreal piece of theater afterwards where Moore plays the God card and immediately drops an F-bomb on national <laughs> TV? And then he, he's sobbing uncontrollably like Harbaugh passed away in a car crash. I mean, this is – I, I what did what, you think of this whole – and now it's where America's team and Michigan against everybody. You already suspended the guy. The school suspended the guy already, and they're running a tribute play to him. And this oh – the president comes out. I had so – I can't – what do you think of it? Take it away. I, I honestly was sitting there watching that saying, this can't really be real. <laughs> Yeah. When do the when do the Saturday Night Live credits roll or whatever <laughs> that this is a parody, uh-huh. you know? I mean, it, it just it was so overwrought and so over the top. And I was not lampooning the players, you know, the good for them, but the, but for sure more to sit there and just be weeping uncontrollably. I wrote in the column, it's like, is Harbaugh on his deathbed, been kidnapped, or trapped in an underground mine? <laughs> like those are the only reasons you could have yes. that sort of wild reaction, you know, like his yeah. life is truly in jeopardy. <laughs> no, he's been suspended because Connor Stallions was running an unbelievable cheating ring. And the reason he was suspended before is because he lied to the NCAA about recruiting violations. And I'm sorry, I just can't get worked up to the point of this, you know, this melodrama over a coach being suspended four different games, probably maybe five coming up uh-huh. uh, for violations on two different investigations. But that's, you know, Michigan has turned this into a persecution, the likes of which, you know, we haven't seen since the Middle Ages or something where <laughs> yeah. you know, they were burning people at the stake and calling them witches. So <laughs> it's uh, it's something that's for sure. You know, yeah. hey, whatever motivates them, that's fine. But it's pretty, yeah. pretty hilarious to watch. Well, what do you expect moving forward? And I, I don't know. I don't know what to take from the win. Although on paper it looks like a great win, but then again, as you talked about on your podcast, Penn State's offense stinks, and they they they're not explosive at all. No, Penn State's offense is actually like arguably the least explosive in the entire country. It's uh, 
Like they they've got they've had two plays over forty yards all season, uh, and with these were good players, you know. So they did what they had to do to win the game. And kudos to them, and really kudos to Sharon Moore for just saying, "We've done enough. We don't need to get more points. They can't score on us. We're just going to run the ball thirty-two straight times." So. They did what they had to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that's not going to be enough when they play Ohio state. They know that it'll be different than I would, I I would think, but uh, you know, they Michigan took care of business. And now the next area of business becomes the courthouse, Washtenaw County courthouse on Friday morning, when they have the hearing for Harbaugh's injunction that would allow him to coach against Maryland. There's been a lot of talk about a possible settlement before that of like, Hey, you sit out Maryland and we'll call it even, we'll call it done. And then you're back for Ohio state. Don't know how well that's going or whether it's, you know, whether that's moving down the line, but if it doesn't, it's going to be a pretty dramatic little courthouse uh, scene. I think Friday, we'll see if Harbaugh's there. We'll see if Tony Petini's there and we'll see if there's more melodrama on the way. This might be a, an unfair question about that, Pat, but if you had to put like a number on that actually happening where he's going to miss the Maryland game and then they'll say, okay, that's enough. You can come back. Would you say that's like maybe 50-50 he's there for the Ohio State game? Uh, yeah, that's about what I would say right now. And yeah, I'm not, you know, privy to the conversations that may or may not be happening. Sure. But, you know, I think that, that that's, you know, obviously that is the game that if he misses, people will lose their minds. And if they lose the game, people will really lose their minds. And so if the Mm -hmm. Big Ten can get out of this with, hey, we handed down discipline. We stepped up and we did something in an excruciating situation. And at the same time, you let Harbaugh coach in the game that really matters the most. Maybe everybody can consider, okay, we're getting out of this okay. Uh, So I would think that that's a situation people would want the question is, can you get everybody to agree to that? You know, Harbaugh yeah. is so stubborn that <laughs> he might be sitting there saying, no, I want my day in court to prove that I am perfectly innocent. I need to coach every game. I'm not taking any settlement. I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but I, you know, he is awfully, awfully dug in, I think on this. And so, you know, we'll see where it goes, but it's going to be fascinating come the end of this week. How about the real America's team? the other team in the Big Ten, the Iowa Hawkeyes, up to 16 <laughs> per the committee rankings last night. Uh, I, they're either unwatchable or you love it like because it's a you know, car crash. Could you believe they moved them up six spots last night? No. Based on, like, uh, what have they done? I mean, I just, uh, this, is, this is where you get that Big Ten brand name bias, I think, that mm-hmm. really starts helping more than it should because – they have been rewarded for beating a terrible, terrible Big Ten West. You know, that's been where most of their games have been. Rutgers, okay, it's a pretty good Rutgers team. Okay, that's a nice win. Iowa State, okay, that's a decent win. But that's it. They've beaten no ranked teams. They were beaten so badly by Penn State that it was like an embarrassment. Uh, You know, they lost to Minnesota. I, I just, like, just because it says Big Ten next to them doesn't mean you have to put them as high as number sixteen in the country. I just, I think that's that's a bad miss by the committee. Yep. yep, well said. We totally agree. You can follow Pat on X. He's at by Pat Forty. Read him uh, in Sports Illustrated, and also the podcast is called the National the Culture Ball Inquirer as well. Uh, Pat, we thank you for the time. We appreciate that. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you, you sir. too. And enjoy uh, Tennessee and Georgia coming up this weekend as well. 
So he'll be there this weekend. He'll be at Ohio State, Michigan the following weekend. It's pretty good. good and, and then as he good told pick. us before the break, he said this is unique because so many teams are still in it. That's right. That he has no yeah, idea where right. he's going to be at on championship Saturday. Quickly, no, Louisville 9? Come on. It's life and death at home to beat Virginia. No chance. That's another one. But you're right. You still have seven unbeatens, five from major conferences, and you still have eight teams in the mix here with only two games left. Yeah, we'll run down in pocket plays. What we're betting coming up next year and follow the money. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bedatum. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.